Welcome to my secret obsession. And today I am with Brianna Din, and she also has a podcast called The Tea Unfiltered. Good morning, Brianna. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. Oh, I'm so glad you could come. Thank you for coming on. Could you tell us a little bit about your podcast? So I started my podcast last October, actually, this month. It's been a year. And um, I thought about starting a podcast for a long time, probably about two years before I actually started it. And I didn't really know where I wanted to go. I didn't know who I wanted to talk to, what I wanted to talk about. I just knew that I enjoyed listening to podcasts and I enjoyed the chemistry between the host and the co-host or guest or whatever. And everybody seemed to have such a good time and I had a good time listening and I figured it would be fun recording as well. So why couldn't I do it too? When I first started, I was thinking I wanted to talk to millennial mothers, kind of like myself, but I, I do think I'm doing going in a different direction now. So, and this month you were on my podcast and I'm doing the scary to inspiring stories and I want to inspire other people and um, I'm using the platform to leverage other people's stories so they can tell their stories of overcoming difficult things, maybe the odds and turning their life around. And in my life, I've, I've seen myself in certain situations and circumstances that I didn't know how I was going to get out of it or how things were ever going to get better, but things did get better for me. And I know that the same thing has happened with other people too. So now I think mine is kind of moving more towards, um, an encouraging, standpoint and self-development type stuff as well, which definitely mothers can relate to, but a lot of people can relate to that. Everybody really, because we all find ourselves in difficult circumstances at some point in our lives. Isn't that the truth? Um, (laughs) We all go through struggles and, and they can be different types of struggles for all kinds of different reasons or mental health, um, physical difficulties and raising children and being married even. Yeah. We're kind of every day tackling small issues and mountains that we have to try to kind of overcome. And what are the type of people that you have on your podcast that my listeners might be interested in hearing? I know you had mentioned the self-help or or helping like that. Can you tell me a little bit more about if people listen to you, what will they get? So I've had a variety of different guests. And at first I had so many guests scheduled and I honestly ended up not publishing all of the guests because I realized that they didn't align with what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I want to head towards some more of the self-help, like finding your own way. And I can tell you a little story about me. If That'd be great. Yeah. So, and I haven't shared this on my podcast yet, but it is something that I want to share in the future. So if you listen to me, maybe you'll hear the story again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So one of the big challenges that I overcame in life and kind of gave me a new perspective was whenever I was 17 years old, I was in a really bad car accident and I hydroplane through the median into oncoming traffic. And I was hit on my side, on the driver's side. And according to, um, it's actually a a crazy story because I do remember the accident. 
And a lot of people like whenever I was in rehab and stuff said that that's not common for people to remember what happened to them. Mm-hmm. And so, but I remember the first impact. I don't remember there was a second impact. My car flipped multiple times and then there was another impact, both of them to the driver's side. I was in the driver's seat. And I can share with you a picture of the car, but the car, the steering wheel is above the roof. It is just completely destroyed. And I remember my friend was with me and it was kind of a moment whenever, before the first car hit me, I remember thinking like, this is going to be it. Like, this is the end Mm -hmm. of my life. And I was just kind of like, please, God, no, please. I'm not ready. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit emotional because I'm going back to that moment. And yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah, just terrifying. Yeah, and I can't imagine somebody that doesn't make it out. Oh, my God, because I know the fear because I've been there. And my friend was fighting the airbag. So after that, I remember after the first car hit me, like I said, I don't remember the second one, but I do remember the next thing was my friend fighting the airbag. And it sounded like she was suffocating because, you know, airbag was all the airbags were out and right. she was fighting it to try and get some airs, what it sounded like to me. And I just remember sitting there thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm fine. Like I can get out of here. My, well, I mean, I don't know how they're going to get me out of here. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to know how they're going to get me out of here is what I was thinking too. But like, I felt fine mm-hmm. um, physically. So would you say that your door caved in and then the front caved in? Like, would you say that the car kind of crumpled around you? Yeah. Well, I was crushed between the console and the driver's side door. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so when the paramedics got there, I told um, them, please get my friend, get my friend. She's dying. She's dying. Uh-huh. Call my mom. I kept calling my mom's number out. Um, Call my mom, get my friend over and over. <laughs> Right. And yeah. I wasn't even worried about myself because I thought I was fine. Right. But next thing I remember was they got me out and I don't remember that part, thankfully, but I do know they cr- had to break some more glass and pull me out. Mm-hmm. And in the um, ambulance, they started talking about my arm. So that's whenever I started to freak out a little bit. Uh-huh. Next thing I remember was in the ER, my mom came in there and I was crying. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry because I had left work. I had a job even though I was in high school and this is my first car as well. So Mm -hmm. I got off work early that night and me and my friend had kind of went on a joy ride and, you know, things that teenagers do instead of going home. Yeah. That's why I kept saying I was so sorry because I should have just went home and After that, I don't remember anything for a month because I was sedated. And what happened is I shattered the left side of my pelvis where I was stuck between the console and the door. I broke my right arm like at the elbow. It was detached. They had to put it back together. And I broke my neck. I had a collapsed lung, a ruptured bladder. I had a brain injury. I had a torsion in my ankle. I had pelvic bone like in my intestines. They had to go in and I had multiple surgeries and I had a halo on my head. And then um, I couldn't use my arm. It was the most miserable time in my life. Right. Because I wasn't, I was sedated for a while, but finally, once I started to come out, I did go home some and I was in and out the hospital a lot during this time because 
my my health just wasn't good but I couldn't use my right arm and I couldn't move my head and I couldn't walk literally all I could do was sit in bed all day I can move my eyes I can move my left hand and that's it and I couldn't do anything for myself Right. It was the worst because I've always been an independent person. I grew up with a disabled brother and, you know, my mom was always having to take care of him and look after him. And I was kind of the independent one that did everything myself. Mm -hmm. And it was hard not being able to do stuff for myself for one. And then not being able to get up and do anything, move around. I couldn't even use my arm or move my head. Uh-huh. Right. I mean, for months on end. And then I was in high school. Not a lot of friends come to see me. Yeah. Um, You kind of get forgotten about. Yeah. So, and it was just a very lonely, hard time in my life. But thank God I was able to recover. I had to learn how to walk again. Wow. That was really painful, but I did it. And they said I might not use my right arm again, but I deliver mail with my right arm now uh-huh. so I, I'm able to live a normal life even though I have some aches and pains and stuff that I have to live with because of all the injuries I'm so blessed I'm so blessed and that does not define who I am it made me a stronger person mm-hmm. and I mean in some ways, I'm thankful because it's taught me a lot of things, a lot of things real young, too. Uh-huh. Well, it sounds like it was harrowing. As a mom, I can't imagine getting that phone call. I know. And, then, you know, going and seeing your child just kind of broken almost everywhere, it sounds yeah. like. And that's got to be a tough thing, especially oh, yeah. when she's used to you being independent. And she just wants you to be healthy and get better. That's really tough. I kind of see it as like a a hellish time because you don't know what the future holds for you at that point. And I can imagine just being terrified and angry sitting in that bed for so long. Yeah. And I asked my mom, well, my mom's told me just like whenever I didn't come home that night, that they were worried because it it didn't matter if I was going to be five minutes late. I was calling and telling them that I'm on my way, but I'm going to be home at, you know, Mm -hmm. I was always on time whenever I was supposed to be home curfew or whatever. And I never just didn't come home. So they knew something had happened. Yeah. How much time do you think passed between when they were expecting you to come home and the phone call? So usually I would get, off work and home by 10 to 10 30 or something like that mm-hmm. and I think they didn't get a phone call for at least a couple hours I don't know exactly what time but that's terrifying too because yeah. I'm sure they were calling your phone yeah and you're not and lying. I don't know my phone disappeared with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the scene so mm-hmm. wow well thank you for telling us that that is a that's an incredible story and to see where you are now, it's miraculous in a sense of being able to overcome all of that and live a, a normal life. Yeah. And I'm so happy I was able to become a mom as well because one of the things is whenever I was in the hospital, I was kind of either 
in rehab or at home. And but when I was at home, I was in and out the hospital because I just kept having things happen and I had to go back in and um, get potassium and stuff like that because my potassium kept dropping. And they would take me and do x-rays every single day, just about, it wow. seemed like, when I was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, how, what's that going to do to, because they were x-raying my pelvis. And I was right. like, what is that doing to my ovaries and that kind of stuff? Yeah. So, there for a while, I thought that maybe I couldn't have kids. Mm-hmm. But I'm so blessed that I was able to, I have, I have one child and I just lost one from an ectopic pregnancy and I'll share more on that later. Yeah. But, um, I'm thankful I was able to have one child because I always wanted to be a mom. Uh huh. I'm so glad you were able to do that too. I didn't think about the x-rays having an effect on your ovaries or whatever. And, you know, when you said you shattered your hip, I'm assuming that that means they gave you, they, I got two metal rods in me and then I've seen x-rays of it. It just kind of looks uh, I don't know how it, it kind of looks beat up. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, they were able to put two metal rods in there and I haven't had to have like a replacement or anything. That could be something that comes in the future. Mm-hmm. But for now, they were just able to do that. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm so glad that you're doing so great now. That's incredible. And you said you were in high school. Was this your junior or senior year? It was my junior year of high school. Okay. And mm-hmm. actually what happened was uh, that happened in March and the last few weeks of school, really, yeah. I only had like nine weeks left. So it took me a year of recovery and all before I started getting back into a routine. And at first I would just go to school like half the day or anything mm-hmm. like that, kind of just to build up my your stamina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but whenever I did start going back, I just kind of went to the same classes that I was in before and finished up those classes. And fortunately, I was just a really good student. I made good grades. I was in advanced classes and I had enough credits to graduate whenever I just finished mm-hmm. those few classes. And then I was able to graduate that year with my class. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's great. What happened to your friend? My friend, she is doing great. She actually, her internal organs went into her chest cavity. Wow. And they had to go in and we kind of have matching scars going down our stomach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that was all. Um, I think everything else was fine. And she was in the ICU a few rooms over from me. But I think she was only in there for a week or so, and then she was able to go home. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that she was okay. Yeah. So I'm assuming, because you went through a light, I believe is what you said. So the person coming hit you on your side. Did anybody hit her on her side? No. No. Okay. So it's just, because you said there were two hits. Yeah. it, It hit on my side, then it flipped, then it hit my side again. Wow. I got hit twice. Oh my gosh. How terrible. Yeah. Um, were the other drivers okay? Yes. And that was something that I was terrified about as well. Yeah. Um, I was like, I, I asked my mom, did I kill anybody? Mm-hmm. And she said, no, I, I, we were actually the only people that were injured in the accident. So, you know, that really made me feel a lot better. I'd rather it be me than somebody else. Right. 
Well, I'm glad that you're doing so well now. It's definitely an amazing story. I mean, I know that I'm blessed and I'm able to walk. I'm not paralyzed. Like things could have ended up a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that and that when you said you broke your back, that's that's like everybody's worst nightmare, right? I mean, you know, to yeah. end up paralyzed. So I'm so thankful that you are doing so well. Did you want to tell us about anything else or do you want to come on another time and share with us a, another one of your stories or what would you like to do? Well, sure. I mean, I'll come another day and I want to thank you so much for having me. And oh, I'm glad you came on. Thank you. And yeah, I would love for everybody to check out my podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, if you have an inspiring story, um, send me a message and connect with me and we'll see if you're a good fit. And also I love helping new and inspiring podcasters. And I have a Facebook group called Podcasting for Newbies. If you want to join my Facebook group, please do. Everybody's welcome. That's awesome. Yes. I I actually joined that and that's how you and I connected yeah, yeah. through that. So very nice. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode with Brianna Den. Check out the My Secret Obsession podcast website to get Brianna's social media links and the link to The Tea Unfiltered. To keep up with the various novels and authors that we feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively. Or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash Cherish Lively.